Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Corey here, welcoming you to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if any of the stories that we're about to discuss are of interest, you can find a written version of the roundup with all of the links to the stories at blog.lgbthealthlink.org. So let's jump into our first story of the week, which is a special report on a new PrEP program launching. Uh, HIV hosted a webinar last week to help launch its groundbreaking Ready, Set, Prep program, and I was happy to listen into the webinar so that I could report out on some of what was discussed. So this new program, Ready, Set, Prep, you may have heard um, on previous podcasts, it launched in December, um, and it's designed to help people who don't have prescription drug coverage to be able to access PrEP, um, which is the HIV prevention uh, daily pill. Um, So, you know, that was one big focus of the webinar was who is eligible, and they pointed out that this is not for people who have drug coverage, but just have costs that could prohibit them from accessing PrEP. There are other programs um, for people who are in that category. Gilead has a patient assistance program. Some states have programs that will cover, um, you know, tests and the pills and everything for people who have insurance. But this is a new program for people who don't have drug coverage in their insurance to help them be able to get the, um, the drug free of charge. They also talked about how they're hoping to use this program to more integrate PrEP into uh, healthcare. They say they want it to be a routine part of primary care so people are in the doctor if they're sexually active and you know they might be at risk for HIV, that the doctor would be able to counsel them on this, and if they qualify for this program, get them signed up for this program so that they can get PrEP for free. Um, and they you know, talked about um, federally qualified health centers playing a huge role in this. Um, there were 2.4 million HIV tests conducted at health centers just in 2018. So that's a lot of people passing through um, who you know could benefit from uh, PrEP in many cases and now have the chance to get it for free. Um, if you want to learn more about the program, they said that there's two important websites. One is HIV.gov, which if you look for the Ready, Set, Prep program, um, you'll see all sorts of customizable social media graphics and other things that you can use. They even said that they're planning to do outreach um, through channels such as um, dating apps, which is really exciting. <clears throat> so you may be seeing some of this outreach material coming your way soon. And then the other website to check out is getyourprep.com. That's where you can actually apply or help someone else to apply for the program. So really exciting to be at this launch event um, virtually and to learn more about the program. I'm really excited to see um, what happens with it and what data we start getting you know, as the months roll by and people start applying and accessing prep through this new, uh, this new opportunity. Next up, celebrating Black History Month. HRC published a piece celebrating the start of February as Black History Month. They point out that while Black LGBT folks have been really at the forefront of the LGBT rights movement since its formation, they still face discrimination and disparities even within the LGBTQ community itself. They also discuss the importance of combating issues such as HIV, voter suppression, and violence, as these issues particularly impact Black LGBT individuals and don't always get as much attention as uh, some other topics. Next up, how tobacco campaign reached LGBT youth. 
Researchers led by Jamie Guillory evaluated the anti-smoking campaign known as This Free Life, which has been one of the largest LGBT public health campaigns in history. It was focused on youth and um, helping LGBTQ youth kind of recognize the dangers of smoking. The researchers found that the campaign was overall successful in reaching its targeted markets and receiving positive opinions of its content. It also found, interestingly, that the reactions to the ad varied based on individual identities within the LGBT community. So, for example, you know, people with different um, gender identities or sexual orientations didn't react to the ads in the same way, which totally makes sense and points out the importance of looking, um, you know, at different subgroups within the LGBTQ community, not just treating it as if it's one group that can all be um, reached effectively in the same way. In our next story, policies counter public health. Axios reported on a troubling trend in which states across the country are considering banning various types of gender-affirming care for transgender minors, including some penalties that would uh, actually be criminal liability for healthcare providers that provide transgender minors with care. The article explores how there's been a lot of research to show that gender-affirming care is actually a life-saving intervention for youth. So Axios says that, um, you know, putting A and B together, these policies could have a really negative public health impact for transgender youth who are seeking care. And it's important to note, you know, this is happening in a handful of states. There are also states who are pushing for um, better access to trans-affirming care. Um, So definitely an issue to watch. Next up, nurses need training on LGBT issues. Researchers led by R. Barnadatir found that home healthcare nurses wanted more training on LGBT health before they could feel comfortable discussing topics like sexual orientation and gender identity with their patients. They said that while they wanted to provide quality care to all and to document LGBT identities, they felt that there were challenges with discussing these topics with patients when they visited them in their homes, and they felt that more training was needed. So definitely interesting to see a study kind of unpack um, how people feel about getting more training. I think sometimes we talk about, you know, requiring training or or pushing training into curriculums um, kind of as something, you know, forcing people to to learn about something, but it's great to see a study where people said, no, we would love to do this. We want to do more of this, but we feel like we need more support. Definitely reaffirms the need to have training programs in all different kinds of healthcare settings, including in this case for home healthcare nurses. And in our final story for the week, unpacking you equals you. The Body published an op-ed looking at the idea of undetectable equals untransmittable, often abbreviated as U equals U. And this is the idea that people who are living with HIV but who have an undetectable viral load are basically not um, at risk of transmitting the virus. It was a concept and kind of a a phrasing um, that came out a couple years ago and that really was intended um, to decrease stigma, you know, trying to tell people who aren't living with HIV, um, look, for people who are undetectable, you're not at risk um, at all of, of getting HIV transmitted if you have sexual relationships with them. But the author says that it's actually done the opposite and that it's increased stigma on a lot of people. Basically, it puts pressure on everyone who's living with HIV to achieve an undetectable viral load, which for a lot of people is not possible, either because of other health circumstances, socioeconomic status, structural um, challenges in achieving this. 
Um, and basically, the author says that rather than putting pressure on people living with HIV to achieve what others may consider to be a gold standard of care, the focus should be on on treating everyone and meeting everyone where they're at um, and not, you know, having everyone um, try to obtain this ideal that may not be achievable for all. It's a really interesting piece. I can promise you I'm not doing it justice. So you can go over to the body um, website and check it out for yourself. Well, that does it for another packed week um, with the LGBT Wellness Roundup. I hope that you have enjoyed uh, hearing this week's stories. As always, you can head over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to read more, and I hope that you will tune in next week for another edition. Thank you.